This is Mike Bartolomeo, pastor of Church for the Harvest in Alexandria, Minnesota. The Bible is the Word of God. Within its pages are revealed God's perfect will and plan for mankind, the answers to life's hardest questions, and instructions on how to live a victorious Christian life. I believe the following message can change your life if you will let it. Join us now as we share the Word of God today. Heavenly Father, I humble myself before you, and I ask that you just give me the clarity and understanding to communicate your heart, Father, in this new series to your people. Lord, I pray you would just anoint your words, Father God, that I would speak your heart, Father God, in Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. I want to start just a small series here. Um, I've been thinking about some things here, and we'll go through some slides real quickly. But I've titled a series called Unstuck, and I thought about being stuck in life. And I meet people and throughout my life, and sometimes you talk to some people you haven't talked to in a, a long time. Maybe they're out of state, and, and you ask them, hey, how's it going? And they go, same old, same old. How many know what I mean? You've done nothing, gone nowhere, you don't serve in a church, you've never been on a mission trip. Can I get an amen? You're just you're stuck. I mean, somewhere along the line, says, well, you know, we, you know, you, you know, we get the kids raised, get it. I have kids that have raised. Actually, I'm, I'm so happy today. I got two of my kids here today. <laughs> so forget the sun, forget Memorial Day. My kids are here, my wife. I would be 100% overjoyed of my daughter Mariah. Shout out to you in San Diego in the Marine Corps. We love you, Mariah. Amen. So, uh, but, uh, but uh, I'm rejoicing. I'm rejoicing. But, you know, there's times and seasons in our life, in my own life too, and I'll share some of these as, as, as uh, I feel the need, where I just felt stuck. Just stuck. Can't seem to move forward. Can't seem to move forward. And so, um, we have that up there, but we don't have it, uh, the PowerPoint on this screen, so I don't know where I'm at. Thank you. So uh, my first slide, uh, first, uh, I, I have uh, unstuck. Uh, this is the first week, and I, I kind of subtitled it, How Do We Get Here? How Do We Get Here? And uh, I thought about, I said, how do we move on? And so I was talking to my son about this message, and he's you know, asked me some real good pointed questions, and, and I said, I'm not going to give you the answer today. You've got to come back next week. Is that all right? Uh, this really torques me when people do that, but it's too much information right now. And so I, I just, because I want to take my time and go through some things and just cheer my heart. And one of the texts that really spoke to me, and, and I heard it, uh, I was actually on the three by 10, uh, I think a couple of the speakers shared it, this verse, and it was just mulling it in, in my life all this past week is thinking about it, and it's in 2 Corinthians 3.18. And it's, it's a unique verse, but there's a lot into it. It says this, and we who with unveiled faces all reflect the Lord's glory, are being transformed into his likeness with ever-increasing glory. Somebody shall glory. Which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. And uh, another translation says, being transformed from glory to glory. Now, if I say that word glory to you, it can mean a number of different things in how I say it. I could say, glory. Some of you would understand what that means. I would say, glory. Yeah, it's all, we have all these different understanding interpretations. What does it mean to go from glory to glory? I don't know, Pastor. It seems a little weird to me. <clears throat> it's in the Bible, amen? So what does it mean? And what does it have to do with getting stuck 
All right. Uh, hopefully we're going to be able to put that together. How do we go from glory to glory? Here's the thing. Glory to glory is not moving from one state of euphoria to another. Amen, pastor. <laughs> what do you mean by that? It's not going from one state of being lost in the spirit to another. There are a lot of Christians that just chase experiences and manifestations. Listen, I grew up in a charismatic renewal. I get it. I've been part of churches that, it, and we're a full gospel church. And how many know God can manifest any way he wants to? But he does do things in decency and order. Amen? Amen. So you have to balance both, and you want to be open to the things of God and stretched. Come on. Somebody shout stretched. See, it's when God stretches us is when we grow. Unless you're stretched, you won't grow. Amen, Pastor Mike. It was so good today. I'm so glad that you're here. Amen. And so we chase manifestations. I've been part of it. I've been in meetings, you know, and God bless them. They, they love the Lord. They're sincere, and they're just chasing after some anointing or chasing after some manifestation because if this happens, and, you know, we're part of a, I was part of, and when we started this church, and praise God for it, is that you didn't have church unless everybody came forward and was slain in the spirit. Now, some of you to slain in the spirit. That, that sounds really scary. It means you fall into the power. And that was the time in the, how many remember some? <laughs> yeah, and, and I've been under the power of the spirit and been there on the floor and God doing some work in my life. And, but when we think, well, we're not having church until everyone is laying on the floor, something's wrong. <laughs> Amen? We're chasing manifestations. And that's not what God has called us to. Amen? He's called us to chase him. We're going to chase Christ, amen? And so, you know, can God do strange and think? Yeah. I mean, King Saul was after David. He wanted to kill him, and he shows up with all the prophets, and then the Bible says that the Spirit of God comes on King Saul, and it says he rolled in the dust all day, through the whole day, 12 hours, prophesying. And some of the prophets said, I wonder if he's called to be a prophet. And just think about that. I mean, no, God can do what he wants to whoever. He can, and so he's sovereign in that, and this guy's rolling in the dust, crying out, prophesying, and it's like, wow, what a strange manifestation. Help me with me, say amen. amen. So, to be, to, so what it means to, to go from glory to glory, to go from glory to glory, is to watch us to continually, someone shout continually. <laughs> See, we like to, and at times too, you know, someone once said this, they said that you're either in a tribulation, coming out of a tribulation, or you're about to go into a tribulation. Aren't you glad you came to church to hear that? <laughs> but, you know, it's true. We go through tests. We go through trials. We go through circumstances. We come through. And when I go through them, I go, I don't ever do that again. But sometimes we keep revisiting that. And I kind of wonder why we want to talk about that. God's heart is that we go from glory to glory, not from mess to mess. Amen. And, and, and I'm going to hit on that here, but to continually be changed into what you were created to be. It is to be conformed into his likeness. We, some of us, we need to really filter what we listen to, what we read, and what we watch. There's <clears throat> garbage in, garbage will come out. Amen? It's hard for us all, especially in winters in Minnesota. I get it. You feel like a cocoon, you're in that cocoon, and it's so bitter outside, flip on that TV or a Netflix video, come on now, amen? Get that popcorn out, buttered, not too much salt, amen? Am I the only one that once in a while does that? <laughs> Y'all, not us, pastor, yeah. 
<clears throat> so I, I get that, but, but, but it, it says that we are to be conformed to his likeness. And watch this, it is increasing in the character, in the nature of God. You know, when I'm an old man, I used to say I, I want to live to 90. Many of you heard me say that, but I don't know about that. <laughs> I don't, I mean, you know, I don't want to be walking with a walker. If I'm living to 90, I still want to be able to get up here by myself. Amen? Or in our new church building. Amen? With my great, 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 great grandchildren all there. Amen? So just a shout out there to my kids and marriage. <clears throat> Moving right along. But, but here's the thing. This is what God's heart is for all of us. But that's not always the case. Why is that? Well, somewhere along the line in our journey of life, we get hijacked. Isn't that right? We, we, just, we wind up stuck, and a lot of times we can't locate. There's not a self-awareness about us where we can locate it. We just continue to do what we do. We don't know why, because some of those things could have been extremely traumatic in life-altering, Okay extremely. And so I don't want you to get the feelings like, hey, get out of the rut, pull yourself up by the bootstrap. We're not talking about that. We're talking about God conforming us into his image. Amen? And so we have this uncanny ability to get stuck in life circumstances. I remember, you know, so Disney's here with, we moved her from Bible school. I remember that in, in Birmingham at Church of the uh, Highlands and wonderful Bible school. And so we packed everything in a five by eight trailer, 100 degrees out, sun was out. Some of you are like, I'd take it right now. And we're driving, and then I think it was on the, I think it was on the Birmingham, Alabama, kind of leaving there in the Mississippi state line, somewhere along, traffic halts. And she has her car, old Ford, and, and I'm just kind of watching that, making sure it's going to make it. It did a lot of maintenance to it, so she, you, she could have it, she would run, and you could see the temperature. Temperature, I said, shut the car off, and I think it was two hours, two and a half, three hours. We're out of the vehicle, and I'm talking to the truckers' lines. like. And there was a melon truck behind, and I went to the guy, how much are you going to want a melon? We were going to cut melons starting. It was a long time. It was so hot. The sun, if you stayed in it, you'd just burn your neck. You'd just burn up. So we were staying behind the truck, and I found out an 18-wheeler just flipped, and it was just a major wreck up there, and they were pulling it out and trying to get going. It was hours and you know what I can't stand to be stuck amen I just can't stand it I, I mean if I see something with traffic and I want okay get on ways whatever let's get out of here find another route amen I mean I just can't stand it but sometimes God teaches us things when in those circumstances he shouts in that pain amen and and we have to, to learn that and so this seems to be the reality for many people. They just can't seem to move forward in, in, in life and issues, maybe it was father issues or mother issues or family issues or husband issues or ex-husband issues or ex-wife issues or children issues presently or financial issues, health issues. I mean, there's all these issues, things in life that want to grip you, to get you stuck, to plant you in cement. And how many of you know that you can move cement for a while? Cement is very unforgiving. Just so you know, I've poured a lot of cement in my life, and you can move that thing and work that, but you better be on top of that and watching that, because that will seal right up, and it's, it's too late. There it is. It's permanent. You've got to break it out. How many with me say amen? You know, many of you know that uh, uh, I've had a major father heart issue with my dad growing up. Uh, 
number of years ago, I think it was in 14 or 15, we flew him out here. I paid for everything for him and, and just, just loved on him. And it was actually a great time. It was a great time, but it was not that way when I grew up. It was not that way. He didn't believe I was his son. You know, I had different eyes. I wasn't part of the, you know, everyone else. And he ostracized my, my sister and me. And it was all that pain. It was all that hurt. And there was that father heart wound. And it affected me for years. Come on now. Years. And I remember my wife would say that when we were in Texas, she would say, you know, why, what are you saying? Whatever. And I would be kind of bumbling underneath my breath. And, and, and I didn't even, I know this, but in my heart, I was trying to be released from whatever gripped me in that, trying to prove something to my dad. I don't know if I'm explaining this properly, but, and, and I would just say, I forgive him. I release him in Jesus' name. I forgive him. I release him. Because it, from, from here to here, that's a, sometimes a huge chasm. Oh, come on now. And just because you say something doesn't mean it's here, okay? And, and that takes time, kind of like unfolding. And so God was unfolding. It was healing. And, and, but I want to attest to you today, I am free from that father heart wound. I, I'm free. It's because of Christ alone. Amen? I, I, when I'm around him, I'm not trying to perform or whatever. And I, I used to go home on a 96, they call it Marine Corps, my time off, okay, where I'm supposed to, whoo, you don't have fun. I would go and mow his lawn. I would weed whack. The garage was a mess. It wasn't quite organized. So I don't know, maybe I got that spirit of organization because of the opposite. God said, I'm going to get you organized and your dad, I don't know. So anyhow, but I would clean. I would, I would just organize. And, and then he, he would come out after a day or so, whatever, with my mom. And he would just go, wow, Mike, wow, this is awesome. And, you know, and then he would hug me and say, I love you, son. You know, only at that time when I did something to perform. Now, I like things organized just because, okay? It's, just, it's in my DNA and my wife's. I'm so thankful for that. And so, but, but, but the, the point is this is I'm free from that now. Christ set me free. I meet some men today, they are still broken with the father. They are still, and the moment you talk to them, they go back to that moment. You know my dad, you know my dad this, you know my, and I'm going out to go visit my, uh, our uncles. I haven't been out there for 15 years. Uh, they do a big Bart bake, they call it, in, in July and for a couple days. And all my uncles there, some of them already passed away. They're in their 80s. And grandpa used to cook and put all the sausage and, and Italian sausage and the chicken. And they would grill. And they had this big festive. It was wonderful. And, uh, but you go out there and they're, they're all bro- there's a lot of brokenness there. There's a lot of brokenness. And, uh, uh, but I, I could just say that, you know what? Thanks be to God, he set me free. He set me free. So here's the thing. God's heart is this, but this is what the devil wants to accomplish in our lives. Okay, maybe you can forward that. I don't know what's going on there. <clears throat> this is the devil's end goal. All of us who have had that veil removed, some shall born again. So the veil is removed when you get born again. I need to spend a little time on that. The veil is removed when you're born again. The veil is removed when you come to Christ. I can't see it. I don't understand. The veil is removed when you come into right relationship with the Lord. Amen. We can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. I can't. I don't know. I I don't know. I, I can never overcome that. We can see. Wow, this is powerful. And reflect the glory of the Lord. However, for many of us, we don't. We're not being transformed into his likeness. 
because we get stuck. And we're not going from glory to glory, but from mess to mess. That's the devil's intention, all right? Let me get off of that. <laughs> That's not the heart of God. <clears throat> you say, well, Pastor, uh, how many of you know that, thank God, it's not all about us pulling ourselves up by our own bootstraps, Amen having to change, but it's God's power that works through us. But the Bible, just that verse we just read said that once we come to Christ, the veil is removed. We can see. We have a choice now. We're not victims. You're not a victim anymore. Before Christ, you're a victim. You're everything else adding to that. But you're, as, as a believer, you're not. Thank God it's not all about us to have to change, but God's power through us that enables us, but we all have a part to play. Amen, Angie talked about obedience and offering, such powerful truth that, you know, obedience, there's, there's blessings when we obey. Amen. That's not a curse word, obedience, amen? It's not a curse word. Watch this, Colossians 3.10 says, you, so I'm gonna show you. We have a choice in that. Paul says, you put on your new nature. If you don't put on your new nature, what are you putting on? Amen. Amen. You put on the new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your creator. That means learn to know God. Right here today in this moment, if your hearts are open, your spirits are open, and you're attentive, you're not somewhere else thinking about tomorrow, Amen. You're, you're learning. You're growing. You're, 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 God is speaking to each and every one of you. Learn to know the Lord and become like him. That is a duty on our part. Amen. <clears throat> I'm going to pull up something here. I bought these Jeeps. Not these. These are just real cool fat Jeeps. But I bought a 1999 Wrangler <clears throat> last fall. And... Uh, I don't know. I, you know. I don't think I'm out of midlife crisis yet, but it's slowly, you know, now it's the Jeeps. And so, but I would see all these cool fat Jeeps and I just thought, man, that looks so cool, you know? And, and, and so I'm just throwing these up <clears throat> and look at these things, man. Aren't these things awesome? And you just look at the jacked up, they got lift kits on them and the color. And I mean, come on, aren't they cool? Yeah. So many legs. And it's like, okay, and then there's my Jeep, okay? Now don't judge. Hashtag don't judge. But it's going to come. I got a lift kit. I'm going to get to it. All right? I'm going to get to it. But, you know, there's just something about zipping through town with the top off and the doors off and the hot sun. Come on now. Man, what's he driving a Jeep now? It's a stick shift, too. Five speed, you know? <laughs> there's no talking on the phone with that thing. You know? There's no text to drive him. And, and, and so, yeah, and my muffler, it starts up, sounds like a go-kart. I mean, I'm going to get to it. But, but, but here's the thing. You know, it's like you drive through town with the top off, and you feel like you're on a roller coaster all the time. You know, woo! You know, you're zipping around. But, but here's the thing. With Jeep enthusiasts, I find, uh, the moment I get it, and this usually happens. It's something you could relate to this. You get a certain car or whatever. But Jeep enthusiasts, you know, I started noticing people waving. They drive by another Jeep Rubicon. You're like, hey, like, hey, you know? <laughs> I'm like, do I know? Oh, I must know. He must have come to church. No, he did not come to church. Uh, <laughs> and I was like, what, what, do I know this guy? No, but you're in the club now. <laughs> you're in the Jeep club, you know? You're not there yet, you know, what you're driving, but you'll get there, you know? So it's like, wow. And, and here's the thing with these Jeep enthusiasts. They do the craziest thing. As soon as they buy the Jeep, this is what they do. They get stuck. It's so nutty. This brings anxiety when I started putting this. Look at this mess. All right? 
Somebody, <laughs> it gives me hives just thinking about it. It's like, why would you do that to that beautiful jeep? What's this made for? You know, you jack it up and you, and and it's like some of this stuff is just absolutely crazy. Trying to trying to get out of the model. Why were you? What were you thinking? What were you thinking? I don't think they were thinking at all, quite frankly. And at least we forget Minnesota. You know, jeeps. There we go. There, that one stuck. Unstuck. Unstuck. Thinking about it. You know, and back in 1995, it was in uh, Ismail, Ukraine, and we were asked to do a water baptism. And I was with there a missionary, Peter Mel, and a number of, uh, of people. And, and it was a very, uh, uh, it was the first after the wall came down, communism was collapsing, that we went in. And uh, there was uh, hundreds and hundreds that came out to the crusades and there were hundreds of people that were saved. It was some real powerful time. So we had about 100 people we were going to water baptize. And so Pete says, oh, you know, just get some shorts on and you won't need your shoes or anything. But I brought my sneakers just in case, you know, you know, I'm going to. Well, if you ever know anything about the Danube, the Danube can be really beautiful the further up north it is. But by the time you get down to where we were at, it was pitch black looking, muddy, stirred up. And I started like, well, and they all dressed in these white robes, okay? They, for whatever cultural reason, and they all put these robes on. The pastor was there, and, and then just walked out into this river. You sink two and a half to three and a half feet in solid mud. Now, all you noodling people that dive and go in holes, that's well, heaven to you. But to me, that was freaking me out. I stick my foot and went, oh, no. I went back out. And so I was trying to get my sneakers on floating. And the missionary is looking at me like, what are you doing, Michael? Like, I just, just got to get something on my feet. Because it was so disgusting to me. And, and these people stood out there, water baptized them. I'm thinking, is there dead bodies buried in this river? It was horrible. But I just, it's it so stuck in my mind how trying to pull your feet out, how difficult it is, the suction, everything, just you can get stuck and not move forward, not move forward. Well, so two people get stuck in life and they can't seem to move forward. Sometimes it's a divorce, it's a death, sickness. Maybe, maybe you let go from work. Maybe it's a fragmented relationship. Maybe as I shared like earlier, a painful upbringing. Maybe it's an abuse situation. Very painful, which are all understandable, understandable, excuse me, and very painful, painful experiences in our lives. I would just say we all experience or have experienced ruts in our lives, every single one of us. Whether that rut was a relationship we knew was bad for us or going nowhere in a dead-end job, something we couldn't afford that we needed to leave, we felt stuck. You know, Psalm 139 says this, verses 23 and 24. David prayed, he said, he said this, he said, search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Hmm, I thought that was interesting. Point out, he goes on to say, point out anything in me that offends you, God. That's a pretty bold prayer. In other words, I know you see everything, you know everything about me, but there's some things I'm stuck in and I can't see. So point it out, God. Well, that's a bold prayer. Oh, I want to grow deeper with God. Point out anything, Lord. Point out anything in me that offends you. Lead me along the path of everlasting life. And so here's the thing. Some people, they sacrifice to break out of that rut. They recognize that to stay there, they know is the death sentence to their dreams. If they stay in that situation, they're not going to move forward. And the desires they have in their heart. For others, though, to get out of that rut, 
is not so easy. Uh, sometimes when we drive in certain places and even in, and sometimes in, in inner cities and, and just areas that are just, uh, you know, just very difficult for people and there's a lot of poverty, whatever, and I just go, you know what? We're so blessed. I mean, and a lot of those people, they are, they are just financially stuck. They want to get out, but they're stuck in there. My heart just grieves for that. It grieves for them. So, but the reasons some people stay stuck are sometimes are painfully obvious to those especially that have escaped it. In many cases, a lot of times people, they just give up. They just give up. They accept their lot in life. They kind of blame their lack of forward motion on others. And they, they haven't realized, now watch this, they haven't realized that if they want to move forward, they have to push. If you want to move forward, you have to push. Now, see, when someone's stuck and they hear that, and whether it's a painful, emotional situation, you don't want to hear that. But my name is Mike. I'm your friend. I love you. Amen? I'm going to tell you the truth. You have to push. If I would have let that father heart wound affect my life, I don't think I'll be here today. I could be in prison with that anger. Come on now. It's just exploding my whole life, going nowhere. But you have to push. God wants you to push. He, he, it's not all about you. He's there with you. Come on now, amen? Together, but he's waiting on you to step. And when you step, he steps. Some of you waiting for like, carry me through. You know, there are times when we have those nice little cards or Bible inserts that, that we're walking on the beach with two sets of footprints. You know, the, you know that one? It's very comforting to know that when I couldn't carry myself, the Lord carried me. Amen. But it's time we start walking on our own two feet. Amen. Amen. As the body of Christ, it's time we start walking on our own two feet and move. That, those times, God's there for us. Amen. But there are times we need to step out. How many with me say amen? You got to push. Find a way out. You have to push obstacles out of the way. Push your own dreams forward. You know, sometimes, you know, the Calvinist mindset, you hear stuff like that, it's shocking because you attribute everything that's going to happen in your life with forward motion, whatever it's going to be to be is because of God. But you know what? Going back to what I said, the Christian life is one of obedience. Amen? Actually, it's a long obedience in the same direction. Right? That's what the Christian life is. It's a long obedience in the same direction. That's the Christian walk. Full of uh, um, devotion, discipline. Uh, how many of you know that there are personal devotions in our life that, that need to be implemented in our life? If you don't read God's word at all and you claim to be a Christian, I, I just, I don't know what to say about that. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to be mean-spirited, but... If you, you know Jesus and you don't have some system of getting into God's word, his life, his truth, I, I, there's really no hope for you. Come on now. I don't mean that mean or ugly, but some of us, we need to be pushed to the next level. And simply reading God's word. Amen? Simply getting on it. You're like, well, I couldn't today. Hey, no judgment. Just pick it up the next day. Amen? How many need to eat every day? Yeah. Got to eat spiritually. Yeah. Amen? Enough on that. So I don't think I'm going to get quite far here today. I'm kind of, but, but the Christian life is one of obedience and devotion. You know, there's, 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 there's duties or, or I should say disciplines. Uh, how many know there's a discipline in moderation? 
You know, that's not a cursed word. That's in the Bible. How many know that we should have moderation in our eating? Amen. Amen. Just keep looking forward, everybody. How many know in our habits, there should be moderation in our spending? Come on now. It's so easy with Amazon Prime. What do you need right now? Got it. It's coming in two days. Amen. It's so easy. They know that. And see, here's the thing they know. They know if you don't have Amazon Prime, you're going to order about 70 bucks a year. But if you do, you'll order at least 150 to 200. They know that. Because I can get it now. Moderation. Moderation. All right? That's, what, that's in the word. Our spending. How many know our entertainment? There should be moderation in that. If every day you go to the movies, you eat popcorn, and you're there every day, and then every night, and you're watching all these series to three in the morning, amen, Pastor Mike. Uh, there's some, there's some, some, some we've got to kind of reel that in, amen? They say that in a life-giving way. Hello, Earth to Stevens, you know, you get you out of that zone and, and face life, Amen? Oh, I'm really hitting this one great today. <laughs> How many know even in our dress and our behavior, we should have moderation? Amen? Amen. So uh, let me just get on a couple points here, and then, and then I'll conclude. Stuck in life. Reasons why. Once again, this is not all the, the, the I'm not giving you all the answers, but I'll just address some things. Stuck in life. People, they accept their situation. Psalm 46. Psalm 46, 1 through 3. God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. God is an ever-present help in trouble. Proverbs 18.10, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and are safe. That means they run to the Lord in difficulty. Nehemiah 8.10, do not grieve. For why? The joy of the Lord is your strength. You can choose joy or not. You can choose joy or not. And there are many times I did not choose joy, but that choice is still yours even in a difficult situation. You can still choose joy. It could be all, everything seemed like it's fall. everything around me. Everything I touch is turning into dust. It's dying. There's no hope. You can still choose joy. And God will be there with you and help you and strengthen you. See, because we only see things from a limited perspective. We see things through a knothole. God sees the whole picture. Amen? Some people just accept their lot in life. They do nothing to change. They've been beaten down so much, trying to get out of their situation, and many of them, they give up. They give into despair and they accept the false notion that there's nothing else for them. They find themselves at times in a hole and they look down at the muck that they're standing in rather than looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. And the enemy uses isolation in that, but they accept their situation. They can't see the way out of their situation because they're looking in the wrong direction. They're looking in the wrong direction, not looking to the Lord. Hope, hope. God is the only one that can in turn turn an impossible situation to a possible. Only God can. But you got to look to him. Amen? <clears throat> Number two here, uh, they become creatures of habit. Habit. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20 says, Do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own. Hmm. For you were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. Now, a habit, basically, is a regular practice wired deep into our brains, often hard to give up. How many know habits can be good? There are good habits, like exercising and eating healthy and regular Bible reading, regular church attendance. That's a good habit. Amen, church? These are good things, but there's bad. There's unhealthy tendencies that make us feel stuck. Here's the thing. Many people, they take solace in their daily routine 
because it, it gives them this false sense of like safety and security. It's something concrete in the sea of uh, 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 shifting goals and, and uncontrollable things. And so that becomes their rhythm in life. They can kind of control, so get in this habit. They get up, they take the kids, they go to school, they go to work, they go home, they eat dinner, they watch TV, they go online for hours and watch, you know, to chime in on social media, and then they hit the sack, then they wake up and they repeat, and nothing breaks that cycle. I talked to some people I haven't talked to in years, out of state, whatever, say, hey, how's it going? Same old, same old. Have you, you know, uh, nope, 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 nope. I'm like, <laughs> what is your daily routine? It's the same. It's the same. See, that shakes on me because, you, you know, you know, sometimes things would be breaking up. I remember one pastor one time, he had the church, you know, and they had chairs kind of like this. Then he turned all the chairs backwards and they were facing. So everyone came into the church and, what's going on here? What's the... Who was no my turn? He says he made everyone sit the other way, and he went in the back and he preached just to break it up. We get into routines; they're not bad. I do like I am creature of habit at certain things. Some of you know that when you wake up, you want to have the bathroom things you need in the bathroom. Amen. There are certain things you you know. There's nothing wrong with that, but when it comes to our spiritual growth. When it comes to when God is putting his finger in your life saying, hey, what about this? When it comes to, for some of us habits, you'll never go on a mission trip because you're afraid of flying. Fear, I hate heights. I'm terrified of heights. Terrified. I just think, I'm, I'm in a little beer can in the air flying 40,000 miles, you know. <laughs> but, you know, it's just like, you know, you're gone, you know. But there's a higher calling. There's a reason I do it. Amen. Come on. Oh, yeah, I just really struck a chord on that one. I'm going to meddle on that one next week. Perhaps you won't show up. <clears throat> Creatures of habit. Creatures of habit. God wants us to break those routines that are non-productive in our life. Amen? You know, schedules, and a lot of times we stick to it, and, and, and we want to, uh, you know, how's one way to break a habit? Here's just one. There's a number of ways, but you got to think of tomorrow. Come on now. There's natural consequences of what you do today that affect you tomorrow. Like tonight, you decide, I'm having a half a gallon of ice cream with chocolate and nuts. And, amen. Should you eat the half a gallon tonight? How are you going to feel tomorrow in the bathroom? <laughs> How are you going to feel? Well, at the moment, I don't care. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Think of tomorrow. Think of tomorrow. Wisdom asks, what are the implications for Tomorrow. If, if physical discomfort comes from a habit, focus on the discomfort that will come tomorrow instead of the temporary pleasure of indulging today. Simple, simple, amen? And, and, but, but millions of people ignore that simple little counsel. You know what? I drink too much tonight. It's going to affect you the next day. Amen? Drugs, you know, sex outside of marriage. <clears throat> you know, the Bible talks about as a dog that returns to his own vomit. Wow. Just saying. It's in the Bible. 2 Peter 2, Proverbs 26, 11. That's not who God has called us to be, right? Why? Because he's removed the veil. Amen? Stand with me if you would, please. God's word is the key for us to overcome habits in our life. James 4, 7 says, Submit yourself, therefore, to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. It says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. I broke that down in three words. Submit, 
Draw near and cleanse. Wow. Every head bowed this morning, if you would, please. How did we get here? God does not want you stuck accepting your situation. Habits that keep you bound. The Bible says we are to go from glory to glory. What does that mean? We'll talk about that, Lord willing, next week. But not from mess to mess. And part of what we're going to talk about is God is saying, and actually in the Greek, that meaning from glory to glory actually means not, as I said, from mess to mess, but it means from one glorious situation to the next. It's like, how can that happen? Perhaps maybe God is not helping us get unstuck because there's some lessons we need to learn in that situation to make our present situation glorious. And unless we do that, we don't move forward. God is saying, you have a part to play to make your uncomfortable, stuck situation, make it glorious. How do we do that? We're going to talk about that. How do I make this difficult thing glorious in this so I can move on to the next thing that God has for us? We'll talk about that. You're here this morning as a pastor. I'm now right with God. Maybe you're watching by television and you, you don't have that assurance of salvation. The Bible says now is the time. Today is the day of salvation. The Bible commands us that you must be born again. You're here today. You have never surrendered your life totally to God. He's like, well, I believe in God. I mean, the Bible says demons believe and they tremble, but they're not going to heaven. So just believing in God doesn't get you there. There's got to be something more. It's called conversion. It's called you receive Christ in your life and he comes into your spirit, man or woman, and he saves you. That's transformation. You're here this morning. He's like, you know, I've never had that. I, I hope I make it to heaven someday, but I don't know. You can know. You can know. So how do you know? The Bible says he will confirm within your heart and your, as your mouth once you receive him. He said, Pastor, that's me. Pray for me. I want to know. With every head bowed, let's pray corporately and those who watch him by television. You're not joining this church, but you are joining the family of God. Say to me, say, Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for my sin. Jesus, come into my life. Save me. Forgive me. I surrender my life to you. Now take it. I don't want to be stuck. Set me free. In Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us today in the ministry of God's Word. My prayer today is that you will experience a new revelation of who Christ is in you. Feel free to make as many copies of this message as you like. For more information about Church for the Harvest scheduled ministry times and meeting place, please visit us at churchfortheharvest.com or contact the church office at 320-759-1400. At Church for the Harvest, you belong.